This is Na Slovensku aj po anglicky. I'm your host, Jeremy Hill. We sat nervously in the frigid waiting room. Bad news always takes time to receive. Yes, it was cancer, the good kind, and I needed to see an oncologist to schedule radiation therapy. The nurse said she will take your blood and you should bring a fresh stool sample. Wait a minute. How? I don't know, she said, clearly running out of patience for her idiot husband. In a bag. A bag? Those clips are from my first two recordings I published in Slovakia. Each one focuses on my struggles with health and the foreignness of dealing with the healthcare system here. It felt entirely natural to start with these topics because they've come to define much of my life here in Slovakia. This mostly stems from some serious health problems I experienced in my first year. In fact, it was only eight months after arriving that I found myself on an operating table, counting back from ten. As I drifted off into that deep, deep sleep. I could hear the doctors and nurses talking in a language I could scarcely understand at the time. As anyone who has undergone any surgery knows, I was placing my life in the hands of these professionals. However, what separates my experience from most others was the fact that, at the time of the surgery, I had never seen the inside of a Slovak hospital. On top of that, If the doctors had anything important to ask or tell me, I wouldn't have been able to understand, nor would I have been able to articulate my needs if any did arise. Thankfully, the surgery and following procedures went well. On the whole, my many, many experiences with doctors, hospitals, and the healthcare system more generally have been mostly positive. They did save my life, after all. And, as an American, I still marvel at how cheap it all is. However, this isn't to say that it was all rainbows and sunshine. There were some pretty harrowing and embarrassing experiences that arose mostly from my lack of communication skills and general understanding of the system. Even my Slovak wife couldn't save me from careless doctors or rude nurses. So, in this episode, I want to explore how other migrants are faring. Does the Slovak healthcare system accommodate foreigners? How do people acquire the right health insurance and find doctors that can communicate in a common language? To answer these questions and more, I spoke with four foreigners with a variety of personal and professional experiences. Hopefully they will help us better understand how the ever-growing migrant community experiences Slovak healthcare. This is the eighth in a 10-episode series I am producing with the support of Fusion, where we attempt to create an overview of the migrant experience in Slovakia. We hope to answer the questions, why do people move to Slovakia? What are some essential features of the migrant experience? And why do some eventually leave? So, let's start with our first guest, who shows us how migrants are often on a separate track 
when it comes to seeking basic care, starting with health insurance. Uh, my name is Navid. I am from Iran. I have been living in Slovakia for almost seven years. This year is going to be uh, seven years that I'm living in Slovakia. I studied pharmacy in Slovakia in Bratislava and I graduated in 2021. From 2021 up until now, I have been working in multiple pharmacies. And so when you came to Slovakia, you came as a student. Um, were you required to uh, have health insurance from a Slovak provider? You are legal, legally required um, to have it, but uh, that's, you know, it's uh, health insurance for foreigners is, is a kind of uh, tough topic for foreigners in Slovakia because you are legally required to have it. But there is only when I when I came here, at least there was only one company providing it and they did it in a very, very unprofessional uh, manner. Many people don't have it because it's more cost cost benefits not to have it because I'm going to I'm going to explain why uh, if uh, yeah, if please. I may. Uh, this there is one private company that offers health insurance for foreigners. They they actually the first time you wanna be covered, you wanna get covered by this by this company, you have to fill out a form. Uh, usually it's gonna cost a normal person uh five hundred euros for one year, which is which is just insane compared to some other countries like like Italy which is insane, 500 euros. And the moment you use it for any kind of purpose, for any purpose in Slovakia, the next year when, you go, when you're going to go back there and ask to extend your uh, coverage, they are going to ask for way more than 500 euros, maybe 700, 800 euros. So basically, mm -hmm. basically, I hear this this logic from many of many foreigners and many of my friends that okay, imagine you don't pay the five hundred euros if you're if you're young, healthy, and you don't you don't have any any chronic disease. I mean, uh, imagine you don't pay this five hundred euros. Uh, if the police catches you and you don't have it, well, there's very little chance that they're going to ask for health insurance card. If they ask, there's a 50 to 80 euro penalty for it. Okay, you're going to pay that. And every visit to uh, the, emerg the uh, emergency room in, in, a, in any Slovak hospital will cost you about 100 euros. And how many times are you going to go there? Imagine like three, four times, which is, which is a very high number for a young and healthy person. And if, even if the ambulance comes to take you to the hospital it's going to cost you around 120 to 150 120 to 150 euros so still uh it's not going to be worth it hmm. and you know that if you use this uh insurance only this one time you're going to have to pay way more after that so i mean it's kind of ridiculous uh, I've heard that right now there have there are other companies offering such services in Slovakia, 
which is a good thing. But these companies do not cover many, many basic uh, procedures in healthcare systems in Slovakia. So I think healthcare insurance for foreigners is a joke as of this moment. So uh, once you uh, finished school and began working, that was a different story, right? Uh, you were... That was a different story, yeah, because you, you receive actually every month from your paycheck, you are paying a certain amounts to uh, the insurance company of your choice. And you have you have an insurance card like any other Slovak citizen. So yeah, that's another story. And I'm and I'm and I'm very satisfied with with this insurance that I have right now as a, as an employee in Slovakia. That's that's totally different. Our next two guests offer their personal experiences with navigating doctors and hospitals. Their stories show us that even when the care is good and one has a Slovak to assist, a lot of confusion and questions remain. Okay, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm from Birmingham in the UK. Oh, so let's start at the beginning uh, when you first came to Slovakia. And did you already have a, a doctor lined up, a primary care physician? As far as I remember, because it's going back uh, 11 years. Um, I remember at the time it was really difficult to get a GP. Um, they were quite full and there was a lack of doctors. So um, you know how it works. If you know someone, you can get someone. So I managed to get a family doctor um, that my husband acquired. And did, does your doctor speak English? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I have to take my husband with me to appointments. Um, luckily, I haven't had much experience with my GP. Uh, my health is pretty good, but I, you know, I am expecting as I get older, more complications may arise. So I think this has been a push to learn Slovak, uh, to maintain some dignity and some privacy. So he doesn't have to attend all the, the uh, appointments. But let's, uh, uh, let's talk about uh, having children in Slovakia. Can you tell me about uh, giving birth in Slovakia? Um, yes, definitely. Um, so giving birth in Slovakia. So um, it was, again, it was, uh, if I think about six years ago, I gave birth here in Slovakia. Um, and I cannot fault from uh, the prenatal care to the postnatal care. I cannot fault any of the profession and the procedures and the care that I received here in Slovakia, it was um, phenomenal in comparison to what I experienced in the UK, definitely. Um, uh, giving birth in Slovakia, well, um, you were cared for, you were seen as, you had needs uh, as much as your child who you were giving birth to had needs. So um, the communication was excellent. I mean, I did have a gynecologist doctor who spoke English. He communicated from the minute I went into labour um, to the minute I left home five days later. Um, when I gave, I mean, I mean, one example, if I can compare, when I gave birth in Slovakia, uh, it was a changeover. So they were handing over uh, to the next shift right in the middle of my um labor and so all hands were on deck they all just went in and stayed with me till I actually gave birth and it was really really quick efficient relaxing and calm and these doctors and nurses were 
brilliant, they say, to finish the job. Um, whereas in England, uh, while I was in um, in labour, the nurse had finished her shift, was about to finish her shift. She just left and mm. didn't tell me she had left. I was just sitting in a room on my own wondering what is going on here. And then a new nurse came in, introduced herself, asked me questions about what was going on. It was a real big contrast. The professional level was maintained throughout in Slovakia. And so in your prenatal care, uh, they really prepared you uh, for uh, giving birth here and explaining to you, uh, you what your options are, the hospitals, um, what's available to you? Uh -huh. um, uh, in that sense, no. Uh, it was how they said it was going to be. Uh, mm -hmm. If, as long as you are safe, there's no pain relief, you will just give birth naturally. Mm -hmm. This was very strange for me. I mean, but then saying that, I had so many options in the UK when I was having my prenatal care. You can have a birthing pool, you can have epidurals, you can have oh, many different options. But when it came to it, then uh, again, it was just okay, you're giving birth, we'll give you some pain relief, you can have some gas, and that's it. So it worked out the same in the end. Can you imagine if it had been a complicated labor, um, would you have felt um, you were in good hands? Definitely, 100%. I would have felt safe here in Slovakia had I gone into uh, or faced some complications, 100%. I had real, I had really strong faith in my, the main doctor. And your experience um, in the hospital, um, it was a bit of a surprise to, to, for me to know that women stay in the hospital for for five days after giving birth. Um, how was that experience for you? Um, I was put into a private room. So I had a room on my own after I gave birth. They took the took my daughter away for 12 hours for checkups and to give me rest. A nurse put me in the shower and washed me. Mm. Um, I was given time to rest. And then Sophia, my daughter, was brought to me the next morning. Um, and this is where I guess I learned the phrase Shedko Polyadko, you know, mm -hmm. how are you? How is everything? Um, and it was asked regularly. Someone came in to check on me regularly, like nursing my child, bathing my child, uh, healing myself, making sure I was eating, drinking plenty. My name is Robert. I'm from the United States, from Boston. Okay. I came to Bratislava about eight years ago. Um, to join my beautiful wife. Uh, can you tell me about getting Slovak health insurance, how you found it? Uh, was it difficult? My first experience, of course, was with this um, foreigner health exam mm -hmm. that we have to go through to get the residence. And this is pre-insurance. Um, I think we had, we had to pay for it. I had to pay for it. You need a translator in these situations. And this it was at this scary building downtown, this state hospital, I guess. Uh, those nurses had no time for someone not speaking Slovak and basically pushed me and dragged me from one bench to the other equipment, uh, attached probes, took them off, put the lead vest on, took some x-rays. It was like an alien autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I'm, you learn to infer in these situations. And so it seems like this is what's happening, but no one took any time to tell me what was going on. Uh, as far as insurance, I first started working for a language school here. 
as a teacher and uh, they were proactive in helping me to get everything established. So they took me to the insurance company. They mm -hmm. chose an insurance company. We went there, signed me up and everything started going. So in that respect, it was quite easy. So aside from that uh, first uh, immigration physical, uh, can you tell me about your first experience uh, with uh, Slovak Healthcare, going to your doctor for the first time? Going to find a GP. Uh, we mm -hmm. went to Kuramare. Mm -hmm. It was a friend of a friend, or it was um, it was a doctor in my wife's office. So it was someone we knew that spoke a level of English. Though, again, the system that you have, we have here, where there's a lack of appointments, you know, I guess some appointments are available in some situations, but for the most part, everyone just arrives and kind of confirms where your place in line is. That's incredibly intimidating for a foreigner without the language skills. And then you see the nurse opens the door and everyone rushes the door with their papers, flashing papers in her face. We have no idea. This is a totally different system than I'm used to. And how about those interactions with the doctors that speak English? Are they able to communicate effectively? I have had this first one was really... For me, it's about the willingness. Are they willing to or not? Not necessarily the level, because mm -hmm. broken English is an offensive. And really, I'm coming from the perspective of you're speaking my language, and I appreciate any any of this. It's really my responsibility to speak Slovak in these situations. I understand that. So I'm not holding, I never hold anyone at fault. Any Anyone who's willing to speak English to me is a bonus. But as I mentioned, that willingness is very important, because I've had uh, doctors with lower levels who were willing to communicate and draw pictures if necessary. But I've had other GPs in my history here who had a better level of English, but were quite frustrated to use it and not very happy about this foreigner who hasn't taken the time to learn enough of the language, laughing sometimes. Can you put yourself uh, in the shoes of a foreigner that uh, doesn't have assistance from you know, a spouse like you've had? Um, how well do you think that people can navigate this system without um, an advocate? And and if they also don't speak Slovak? I think it's incredibly difficult. And there's two stages to that. Well, there's three, perhaps. The, the first one is the just basic language. Uh, go left, go right, go upstairs. That's mm -hmm. quite difficult. And and the receptionists, the, it's hard to find someone who can or is willing to speak English on that level. Secondly, as I mentioned with the language, once you get into the medical terms, of course, that becomes more difficult and it's harder, harder to explain. But thirdly, things work a little bit differently than the culture that you're used to. So when someone's explaining the process, they don't understand that you, where you're coming from. They don't know how to bridge that gap. Meaning, so as an example, um, I had... Um, some water in my ear. I have to go to the GP and get a, a recommendation who will send me to a specialist. So you need to know that process up front. And if you don't know, if you're confused on that, no one's going to explain it because that's normal. Or another example, I need a dermatologist, but I don't have to go through that process. I don't need a recommendation for the dermatologist. I can go straight there, but I don't know those things. Uh, people won't explain that to you because they, they don't know that you don't know. So in the beginning, to learn all of those steps, to have someone who can help you through that or to have another foreigner who's been through it, that's incredibly valuable, especially because, again, we're not talking about car insurance. If you have a medical issue, an emergency, this is stressful and frustrating as well. You just want some help. Mm -hmm. And you have people with crossed arms saying that's not how it works here. That can be that's very scary.
Our final guest, Suzanne Taylor, a public health researcher from the UK, arrived in Slovakia with her British husband and daughter more than 10 years ago. Here she describes how a lack of language skills can make seeking care for a child especially challenging, even for those with a medical background. However, her professional experiences give her valuable insight on how to improve healthcare in Slovakia at a fundamental level. So how did you navigate that? Uh, you were in Slovakia. You didn't really know much Slovak at that point, and uh, you're not yeah. to a Slovak. <laughs> so how, how did you manage that? Yeah, not sure. I don't actually recall if Mark and I had to go as patients ourselves, but we definitely went with Zoe. And yeah, we just had to basically use a tiny bit of Slovak that we had, Google Translate, and hope that they had a tiny bit of English and uh yeah, unfortunately, nothing serious uh, at the time. Um, uh, but yeah, we did have to fumble through. And of course, they can when it's a little child, they, they're not going to say much anyway. So I guess you mm -hmm. can do your diagnosis uh, without too much uh, too much other information <laughs> if you've got the patient in front of you. I mean, was it uh, a frightening experience for you, or especially given that it was your your child, or? Uh, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I think for for a lot of these things, they just it just feels very stressful. It feels like uh, if we were in the UK, this would have been so much easier to navigate, not necessarily to um, you know to get whatever treatment we were looking for, but just to know we were doing the right thing at the right time or, or asking the right place. So yeah, that was always very stressful and sometimes felt inefficient. You know, we didn't maybe we should have gone here instead of here or. So whether, you know, whether we were doing the right thing of just going straight to the the polyclinic, I, I think it wasn't okay. And it turned out okay in the end. But yeah, you're never quite sure when you're new to the whole system. So I, I wanted to ask you about um, your experience uh, working in Africa. Uh, can you just kind of explain as briefly as you can uh, what you've done as a public health researcher and then how you can relate any of that experience of working in in, in poor countries that may struggle for basic care. And if there's anything to take away from that uh, to uh, either praise the Slovak healthcare system or uh, to point towards an improvement. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So from my experiences uh, in, in a few countries in Africa, it's been a lot about trying to keep it simple. So uh, helping communities or health facilities do things without too much cost or without too much um, skill or training or equipment, you know. So acknowledging that there are some limitations, especially in the rural areas. And if you bring in a complex process, um, yeah, that it's not, you can't just deliver a piece of equipment. You have to be able to power it, repair it. People have to know how to use it, et cetera. So the kind of stuff that I was been working on is, um, with what what there is there, what what can be added to it or changed, to try and uh, kind of get the the most gains uh, from that effort. Um, so one example was um, home based counselling for um, women who are pregnant uh, about improving uh, the way that they treat or look after very newborn babies, to try and prevent some of the very common causes of um, newborn death. So trying to improve. Um, breastfeeding practices, 
trying to reduce infection, um, things like that. So they don't that they, they they involve people, but they don't they only need basic training and they don't need complicated equipment. Um, another example was um, kind of combining. So it was um, trying to remember exactly what this one was. So this was trying to improve cervical screening um, in Uganda, where very few places offer it. But there is a, a technique that's um, uh, it's less technical than the one we have in Europe. It's less um, sensitive, but it's better than nothing. And it um, requires less training for people to do. So trying to see, can this process be integrated into the facilities that are already there, the reproductive health services um, with you know, a small training program. Um, so yeah, this is the kind of things I've been working on. Um, it's difficult to comment on that, how how that kind of approach would work in Slovakia as a foreigner, because I feel like there may well be a lot of things that happen to do with public health, prevention, healthy living that I'm not aware about because, yeah, of the language or I don't watch, I don't have Slovak TV, that kind of thing. But I do, <laughs> I can see the very, very obvious things. So, for example, in the polyclinic, um, there is no soap for washing your hands. There's no toilet paper. And you think, what is the, what's going to be at the top of your list for infection prevention? Everybody knows it now, having lived through COVID, you've got to be able to wash your hands after going to the toilet. So it, 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 it was absolutely staggering to me to go into the polyclinic and then where is the soap? And and I do remember asking people about the toilet paper situation. You know, everyone has a pack of tissues in their pocket or their bag. And I, said, uh, I was saying, but why do you accept that this is normal? Why why would you not? You go to a restaurant, they have toilet paper. Why do you not expect your <laughs> clinic to have toilet paper? And they say, well, people will steal it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, if people are stealing toilet paper, I'd probably just let them have the toilet paper. You know, they're, they're probably quite desperate if they're going to be stealing a roll of toilet paper. So, you know, may, maybe actually putting the toilet paper in the in the polyclinic means uh, some people will be able to use toilet paper that they couldn't use it otherwise. Mm. Um, but, you know, I don't know where that mindset came from, that it is not to be expected that you can um, <laughs> have toilet paper and soap in... Uh, in a health facility. So yeah, you go to a health facility in the middle of nowhere in Tanzania, you'll be able to wash your hands with soap. You might have to ride your own toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Such a simple but essential observation. There are countless ways to improve Slovak healthcare that benefit not only foreigners, but also Slovaks. Foreigners have experiences and perspectives that could be valuable, so it is wise to listen to them. That is why I asked each of my guests to offer their recommendations for improving Slovak healthcare. Here's what they had to say. I would like to see uh, younger doctors, particularly in this region where I live. Uh, many of the doctors are uh, either at retirement age or near retirement age. Um, and I believe that due to the lack of English skills, they're not really updating their, um, I guess, their what, the training and the knowledge and the new technology. Um, mm. I believe you need English to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, some more young, innovative doctors would be really, and nurses as well, definitely nurses. At the moment, I'm still 
in the search for a GP. I was visiting one at, mm, it's a clinic, though he was the only English-speaking doctor in that clinic. And it was kind of hard to get through the Slovak to get to him. And they were not willing to speak English whatsoever. There was a handwritten note that says Slovak is the official language. And they were more than willing to tap on that note. Uh, that doctor has since left the clinic. Um, I found another English-speaking doctor. They're not taking new patients. So I'm getting the feeling now that I know there's been a lot of strife uh, between the doctors and nurses. They've been trying to get more money. There's um, The system's overwhelmed, especially here in Bratislava. So, of course, that's the first place we can improve things. I would change the way these people are paid. I know that may, maybe maybe all jobs in Slovakia are not paid as well as they should be paid this is this is uh, this is the case for healthcare workers because they are always under a lot of pressure um i would definitely try to improve the the quality of life and working conditions by by increasing the pay and also i would try to modernize the system modernize the infrastructure in Slovakia by investing more in it. And I know these things are uh, are ongoing in this country. I know they are uh, the government and whoever is responsible for healthcare is investing a lot of money in the infrastructure. They are building new hospitals, new clinics. And I would I would also try to modernize how the healthcare team approaches a patient. Like I, I would I would talk about my profession in this case, that the role of pharmacist in Slovakia is is uh, is very traditional and it's not similar as the role of pharmacist in the Western world. So I would try to modernize this system. I would try to get more people involved in the in the in the in the process of uh giving medical care to to a patient so this is like here it is it is very traditional one person who is the doctor sees the patients and decides uh what medications they have to take it is very traditional it has to improve and in many countries like america canada australia more people are involved in this process and it has increased the quality of healthcare like dramatically so that's that's basically the things I would do. I certainly agree that to improve the system, you must care for the people who work in it, just as you do for the people who use it. Those that dedicate their lives to caring for us in our times of need are true heroes. Thank you to all the medical professionals of Slovakia. And that is all for this episode. Thank you to all of my guests. Uh, my name is Navid. I am from Iran. Okay, I'm Sarah. Uh, I'm from Birmingham in the UK. My name is Robert. I'm from the United States, from Boston. Yeah, I'm Suzanne Taylor and I'm from the UK. As I said before, this episode and my series on migration were created with support from Fusion, a program of the Milan Szymetska Foundation. Their goal is to create a platform for migrants living in Slovakia whose voices should be heard more in our society. Fusion hosts the Fusion Festival, 
and with the cooperation of migrants and their communities, organizes other events around the country to showcase the art, projects, perspectives, and stories of these lesser-known people. To learn more about their events and hear the stories of other migrants living in Slovakia, visit fusion.sk. That's F-J-U-Z-N dot S-K. Also follow them on social media. I'll link to them in the show description. If you would like to hear my first stories, one newly re-recorded, about my experiences with Slovak healthcare, and listen to past episodes of this show, visit my website, nsapapodcast.eu. Also, please like and subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. Next month, we will be looking at discrimination and its effects on the migrant community. Please join us then. Thanks for listening and take care.